you leading with purpose and intention, or are you just going through the motions? Welcome to the Power of Investing in People podcast. I am your host, Shay Sparks, Chief Excitement Officer of Sparks of Fire International, where we get you fired up about your life and business. And today, my guest is the amazing John Mayo. Welcome to the show, John. Well, hello. Howdy, howdy. How are you? <laughs> I am great. And, you know, I'm so glad that I got to go get a shout out to our mutual friend, Trip Bodenheiner, who introduced us, um, you know, way back just a few weeks ago, I think, yes. actually. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Trip, And also just want to thank you for helping resurrect me before we jumped on to this conversation because <laughs> I was shifting gears from doing a personal work session to having conversation and you were very gracious to help bring me back to life. So oh, thank you so well, much. You're welcome. And honestly, I think we all need that sometimes. We just need that uh, respite care, so to speak, that rest time. So absolutely yeah. no big deal. Well, you so, hit me through the screen. You were like, hey, right, snap right? out of it. I don't know if this I is. I just reached across and shook you until you were like, oh, thank you. I needed that. Yes, <laughs> precisely. <laughs> yeah. For those of you who don't know, John Mayo is a former army leader turned entrepreneur. He understands the demands of high performance in volatile environments. Throughout the journey of overcoming adversity, he recognized the need for resilience training tailored to those serving our country and communities. He is the co-founder of the Universal Learning Approach and Sisu Stamina. It is their mission to optimize human potential by instilling the values of intentionality, resilience, and relentless pursuit of excellence. Also, he is the author of Be Relentless, if the obstacle is the way, then we must be Waymakers book. And he is also the host of the podcast, Be Relentless. And we invite you to connect with him at his website at ulauniverse.com. And we will have more, uh, we'll have that in the show notes as well. Well, John, gosh, we have so much fun. I can't wait to dive in. So I always like to start off with the first question of what does investing in people mean to you? I think investing in people uh, starts with the cultivation of self uh, so that you're able to continue to pour out from yourself in concentric circles, right? Self, family, friends, community, the world. And being a person, and I think you're a person too, right? Some I days. don't know much. Some days. <laughs> some <yeah>. days. <laughs> some days I'm a bit more robotic, but uh, <laughs> investing in humans in the ability to help us find our way home and lead a life of impact, peace, value, and joy uh, seems to me to be amongst the most important things that I could do with my time, because what else do we really have going for us? So mm. that's what it means to me in a nutshell. I love that. And, you know, it just makes me wonder what happened to you that made you realize that those things were important? Uh, I think that it's easy for us as humans to be very self-centered. And, and frankly, I think it's okay for us to be self-centered in many elements, right? Even starting with the development of self and allowing that to flow outward. Uh, I love that analogy because if you take a cup and you pour it out, the cup runs dry and it's very difficult to keep pouring. But if you're cultivating life and strength within yourself, then you can keep pouring from a cup that's like refilling. And the reason that's important 
in direct relation to the question you just asked is growing up and then cutting my teeth. I watched a lot of people pour till their cup was empty and then take on destructive self-serving habits to try to restore themselves. And it ended up oftentimes creating uh, unsound foundations, if you will, that would, would cause pain and dissension and brokenness. And combining those observations with then having the opportunity to, to lead in the military and a collection of some incredible mentors and peers that I got to work with, it became very evident that the position of leadership was best served as a servant to those that you were leading into the mission that you were there to accomplish. And then the final piece that really locked it in for me was becoming a father or growing into being a father because I became a father very young and learning how to better care for my four sons and better tend to my bride. And getting the like the feedback loops of observing the well-being of my wife, of my children, of the teams I serve, and of the community I am in, and as well as my own self-perception has created something where I, I just am unable to tolerate anything less than being focused on that exact issue. Well, you know, one of the things you mentioned in there briefly was about servant leadership. And I mm -hmm. think that's something that as leaders, we often think, oh, you know, oh, that's uh, that's for people who, you know, are weak, right? They look at being a servant as something that's negative rather than looking at it. It's a choice on how you get to serve your team, how you get to serve your family, like you just described. And I love that you really found that out at an early stage of life, because now you're ahead of the ball game. You saw what you saw in, in your early life growing up going, okay, they were, weren't serving. They were serving so much that then they forgot to serve themselves. And I think that's where the balance comes in, right? And in being mm -hmm. a servant leadership is being able to serve ourselves so that we come from a place of overflow rather than a place of, of emptiness. Yeah, absolutely. I think it, the there's this misconception and there's also like this uh, almost like noble ideology, right? Mm -hmm. Between behind the self-sacrificial actions. And mm -hmm. if you're not in an environment that'll bring it to a head quickly, right? Like if you're not in a place where not sleeping for seven days means that you get yourself or someone you care about killed, right? right. Or you're not eating. So you just crash and burn or what have you. Uh, if you're not in an environment that's forcing those types of kinetic expenditures of yourself, like what, what's powerful about the, those environments is they force you to learn quickly how to maintain self-care on even just the basic level. Because if you don't, you'll literally crash and burn. You'll, you'll start making mistakes, injure yourself. Um, your body can shut down after a certain point. So if you don't have those experiences and you're going through life, say, where the requirements aren't that strenuous, you can live in this self-sacrificial ideology for a lot longer. And it kind of feels good. Mm -hmm. Like it, it's, it's perverse, but it's like, oh yeah, I'm not eating because I'm focused on this. And you know, because I'm giving of myself and that can kind of feel like a, a neat thing, right? Like, oh, look at, look how cool I feel because of this. But the, the best leaders I know, you know, they would eat last, but they eat, yes. you know, they, they will rest last, but they do rest. They prioritize those things because they know that if they want to serve for more than just a day, they want to make impact over a week, month, years, decades, they must be something of that. They must retain within themselves something of value that they can continue to give. Mm. 
yes, they have to be selfish. And I know that most people mm-hmm. are like, oh no, leaders aren't, they shouldn't be selfish. But in the same way, you you have to be. Like you said, if you want to be that self-sacrificing person of going, oh no, I can keep going. I can make this. I can push myself. That's great. And then until you can't, and then you have to figure it out going, okay, what is it that I need to self, self-care? And self-care is not selfish. But in our society, we got to that especially our parents' um, generation was about mm-hmm. being a workaholic and go, 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 and and never resting. And so I'm, like I said, I'm so glad that you learned that lesson. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's, I think everything's a lesson in learning opposed to like, oh yeah, that one's solid. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's something that we're discovering together, right? But there, I think part of the misconception comes from if you take a step back, and try to look at this equation holistically, right? From like the entire spectrum of it, you realize that you're actually better serving whatever your objective is, be it your family or work object, like work team or whatever, by looking at yourself as a cog in the system, opposed to being absorbed by yourself, right? Because when you see that you're an you're an actor on the play, then you can see what that actor needs in the same way that you can look out for the people, the other people that you're caring for. And then it actually becomes more selfish to deny that actor the things mm-hmm. they need to succeed, yeah. right? And, and that's when I think that there, there's the two forms of selfishness. There's the selfish, the selfless selfish, and then there's just the self-serving selfish. Mm-hmm. And the first is, okay, I see that for me to be a successful actor in this goal, I need X, Y, and Z. And I have to protect those things so that I can stay sharp and give my best. And for me to feel good about expending myself, I don't have to do that. And now you have this juxtaposition that you can dance in the tension between. So, well, you just do so many amazing things of with the, with, we talked about the, the CSU stamina, your, your book, your podcast, and you clearly you're a leader and you're a leader in the, in the army. So how, how did that transition go from army to entrepreneur? Was it immediate? Were you already working on this before you got out? What, how did that transition go for you? So the transition's still mid-step <laughs> on the on the two full-time entrepreneur element. Uh, but the transition out of the army came from uh, a moment of awareness. I would I was I had one of my younger sons, he was about four at the time, and he's having these nightmares every night at like mm-hmm. two, three in the morning. They're pretty dang dark. Uh, even like by adult standards, they, they were dark. And wow. He's not watching movies or shows to get these ideas, right? So I was meditating and praying and trying to figure out what it was. And one night he fell back asleep and uh, I real I came to the realization that it was me. I think that I had become so adept at wearing the different costumes or masks mm. and different elements of life that I was no longer like a, a single unified person and my character, morality and internal strength were dwindling because of that. And because of that fragmentation, I was not providing and cultivating the environment of peace uh, and strength that my children and bride needed to thrive. Mm. Now, and and that was like a, a pretty brutal pill to swallow. And I and I realized that for myself, by no fault of the militaries, I needed to change my environment mm. to help signify the shift I was going to make personally. Mm-hmm. And so with that, we just, I, you know, decided, okay, I'm going to need to get out. I'm going to need to start looking at a lot of things and figuring things out. And I dropped my refried packet. We exited the military and 
you know, secured a job. I had four, four kiddos and my bride to care for. So it's like, I need a Mavlo's hierarchy of needs, right? I need mm-hmm. to make sure there's a roof, clothing, and food. And, right. Um, right. So did that work. And then about six months after exiting, I started drinking more again. Uh, I was, I was drinking the whole time, but I started drinking even more. So my training sure. was dwindling down from like, like multiple, like five, six times a week to four, five, three, four, two, wow. three. And I was just like thinking, I was aware that I was becoming more and more dissatisfied with mm. my existence. And I drew the conclusion that's because the military does this great job of setting up purpose, right? right. You're right. there to defend freedom and those weaker than you and all these things. Mm-hmm. And that purpose was gone in X day. Yes. The day job only did, you know, provided, but it was like, mm-hmm. check the block done. Right. I, I was a part of some communities, but just the purpose wasn't there. So there's this wonderful quote from an author named Jack London that says, uh, you don't discuss, you don't find purpose. You light after it with a club. So like you have to mm-hmm. run after it and like chase it down, beat it and find it and like <laughs> grab a hold of it and write it. Right. Yes. So I set about doing that. And for the last three years, I've been building uh, my business, which is now called the, ULA, uh, the Universal Learning Approach, which mm-hmm. as you mentioned, you can get to at ULAuniverse.com. And we just launched CC Stamina, which is our performance supplement. And in addition, there's the book and podcast blog and all the other fun things you already mentioned. But all of that was in the pursuit of, can I create purpose that allows me to continue serving my fellow man and forces me to become a better person now that I am out of the military? And that caused us to fall in love with this idea of pursuing the question, how might we unleash human potential? And then what does that mean? And from there, we can just go into a whole spider network of, well, how the heck do you do that? Where do you start? All that good jazz. But that's what led to there. And then the last piece, if you don't mind, I was serving as vice president at my previous organization up until about four or five weeks ago. And due to some ethical, moral things that I wasn't comfortable continuing in, despite having worked to a solution for quite a while previous to that, um, I realized that the changes that were going to need made weren't, and I was not going to be able to, in good conscience, continue my service as a senior leader in that organization. Mm. So I've resigned my position, which also was essentially burning the boats and jumped into the oblivion of nothingness, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> have been using that time to get to know wonderful people like yourself, launch the business outright nationwide and uh, pursue additional opportunities from there. So that's why I joke and say, well, not full-time entrepreneur yet, love to be, but I'm still looking for a team to serve as well. So it just depends on how everything shakes out. Well, and thank you for sharing that. I I don't believe there's necessarily a uh, full-time, part-time entrepreneurship uh, yeah. If there's a business owner, you're in it, right? And mm-hmm. what you think is part-time is actually full-time because you're doing it in addition to the nine to five. So, but I love the whole reasoning behind what you're doing is that whole purpose component. You know, mm-hmm. you and I talked before about how it is extremely crucial to really help people on a path of what that journey looks like to find their purpose, hunt it down and beat it with this club, right? Like mm-hmm. you, literally you have to help guide, maybe guide people along the way because people who didn't go to the military right out of high school, they had time to kind of flounder. They might've, you know, chose one thing in college and shifted gears and chose something else, or maybe chose one career out of college and chose something else. 
And I think there's that period of time, 20s and 30s, that that happens. And now I have found most of the the veterans that I've worked with as they're transitioning out, they're they're left to themselves to go, okay, now what? Mm -hmm. And I love that's what that you're helping that as well. It's because there's just so much. I don't want to say purposeful, but it is. It's purposeful and meaningful work when you're working on something that's related to your purpose, when you can feel so much fulfillment as you're going about your day-to-day because you Mm -hmm. know you're making a difference in so many other people's lives. So as you're telling your story, what it sounds like is at one point you were the student and the teachers appeared, all the mentors and stuff like that, the things that lit lit the path for you. And then you became the way maker. And now you're the, the teacher for others and the students will appear. That's, that's a very generous uh, <laughs> description of that. You know, the, I'd say that every, like the book is a screaming invitation from cover to cover. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was having a conversation with Nikki Bosco on uh, my podcast about a year ago. Mm-hmm. And she shared this idea. She's an ultra marathon runner, um, like 200 mile marathons, things like that. And, and no one is chasing her. That's what's crazy. Yes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I mean, 200 miles, you'd think she would have gotten away. But you think. Um, <laughs> but one of the thing, one of the things she said that stuck with me ever since is we're all just on this adventure called life, trying to find our way home. And how much better is it if we can help each other along the way? Yes. yes. Yeah. And that that is that is the premise here, right? Purpose is kind of like this vague concept. It's like, well, mm-hmm. what is purpose? What is what does what the heck does that mean? Mm-hmm. And where it aligns so beautifully with service to others, right? Which is the question you asked me to start is yeah. I don't know what is more impactful or significant than having relationships that are high value, right? And having mm-hmm. impact through those relationships. So striving to be be an excellent father, striving to be an excellent husband and engage meaningfully in those relationships, excellent brother, friend. Um, the better I can be in those things, the better those relationships are, the more value that's created, the more purposeful my existence feels, at least to me. And that matters a lot to me because I only have my existence, right? As you only have yours. So it's like, it, it's it's what what do you do that when you spend your time, you're grateful you did it afterwards and you feel stronger for having done it right? Because like, we all do things we like, but goodness, we do them. And then we feel weaker after we feel sick or like, that wasn't, that was fun, but I don't know, you know, didn't make me feel stronger. So as we experiment and identify, okay, doing that made me feel a little bit stronger, more whole. Mm -hmm. What's there. And then we can keep pulling on that thread. And that's the purpose full thing. And what's amazing is to your point, I'm like, if you build it, they will come, right. That's Mm -hmm. kind of what it took away. Yeah. Uh, People are coming. The team is growing and it's growing from uh, one gentleman who's been very open about his story. So I feel comfortable saying it. We met and shortly after we met, he intended on killing himself and had it all planned out and ultimately didn't because his neighbor pulled him aside and they had a conversation. And then over the last year and a half, he's begun going down the path that, um, we had like many conversations of growing closer and he's begun going down the path of 
forming his purpose. And that has, and what can he, what type of work can he do that creates value in his own life that pours out into others that makes him want to be better and that forces him to be better. And he's now the podcast producer for my show. Mm. And then another gentleman, a veteran uh, who I served with, he is, he is engaging with standing up a community element of our business. So that's currently in the formative stages but should he proceed, he feels drawn to do that. So it is kind of cool, in addition to my partner, that these other folks are like, hey, I want something and I want to be a part of this or here's what I'm doing that I'm mm-hmm. forging for myself so that I can, you know, approach life this way. So it's kind of fun. I love but it. Not kind of, it's outrageously fun. But <laughs> So speaking of being outrageously fun, what is it that you do that you just are so grateful that you're doing? Like you said, what is your purpose? I believe that I'm a connector and I love systems. So I think my purpose is to be a conduit and everything that I'm building feeds itself through different elements and helps feed those who interact with it. So the supplement gives you energy to get through today, but also gives you compounding benefits after 14 days of continued use health benefits. Um, the podcast helps to ask questions that invoke curiosity that maybe will lead to new perspectives or hopefully will lead to new perspectives that help us engage in life more intentionally. The book, like I said, is a screaming invitation and mirror into yourself to the same end. And all of that is just the drumbeat to allow for us to come together in community and learn how to work together, be together, create value. Because I I truly believe that we are at our strongest when we're individually free. And the more free, the better. And I would say that my purpose is, is to help spread a message of love, unity, and potential possibility of what could be. And that's why I love the term potential. It's an ambiguous word. That's difficult to describe. But if we look at the future, as say mainstream media or something like that may portray it, it could be very dark, right? Mm-hmm. It could be very discouraging. But what if we flipped that frontier of obst- that frontier of obstacles that is being painted for us, and we instead put on the lens of how do we see this as a landscape of opportunity? Mm-hmm. Where can we make an impact? Where can we be part of the change we want to see in this world? And what yeah. can we do that so? So that tomorrow's maybe a little bit better today than today. And that is the work. Um, learning how to become what I call a waymaker and learning how to encourage others to become waymakers so that we can all journey through this adventure called life and create something of value and substance that our children can thrive because, because that is my purpose. And I find immense pleasure in it. And then for fun, I do Brazilian jiu-jitsu. So that, that's... That's that. And I just really want to hear you say Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I was, was going to say, so now you got me to say it. Uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah, Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah. All the different ways. All the different ways we can say it, right? Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah. Whatever. Grappling. We'll just call it grappling. There you go. One of the things that I love that you mentioned is the Waymaker. And it brings me to that Christian contemporary song that is such a, an amazing song called the Waymaker. Uh, what, what was your inspiration that really brought that word into your awareness to start using it? Yeah. Uh, 
Ooh, that's a cool and, question. And I bet it wasn't jujitsu. 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 Yeah, it wasn't Oh man, we were stroking out. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't grappling. No, I. The term came before I learned about that song, and I was working through the concept. It's a stoic concept of the obstacle is the way, and I I was thinking about that. I really love that because. Gosh, do I believe that to be true? Yes, right? <laughs> yes. I was wrestling with some problem. Um, it was early in the morning. I was wrestling with some problem. This is fairly vague now because it was, I think it was about a year ago where the term began to like grow in prevalence in my mind. And I was like, gosh, I do not know how to get past this. And I just was like really throwing myself against it and wrestling with it. It was like four in the morning. And it was just kind of rough. And I was like, I can't, I can't find the way. And like, as I was sitting there thinking, like, I just, I can't find it. Um, it kind of dawned on me. I was like, well, then I'm going to have to make it. And with that thought of like, make it, I mean, it's like, all right, well, if you're going to make a way, then you're a way maker. And then it just kind of clicked. And then mm-hmm. a few days later I was writing and it, it flowed out. And then I was like, well, if the obstacle is the way, then we must be way makers. We can't. And what I love about it is, we can't just be victim to our circumstances. We, we, we can't just resign ourselves to an action. Mm-hmm. And when you're the, the idea of being a way maker is that you have, you're exercising sovereignty over the situation and you're choosing how to press forward and what you can do to create a way. And even if that's just biding time and letting the problem sit as a question for a while, that's still an intentional action as you engage elsewhere. And at some point, I do believe that there's a path forward and it may just need made. So that that was the origin for myself. And then I found that song and these other things. And I was like, oh, this is cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's just inspired from there. But that's where it started. If if there's an obstacle, if the obstacle is the way, then we must be way makers. Mm-hmm. And that that premise grew and so much so it became the subtitle of my book. So I love that. I love that. I just was uh, visiting with a friend today and we were just talking about how if the path doesn't show up, we have to blaze the, our own trail. That's yeah. You yeah. just, that's it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yep. I love that. I love that. You know, so as you're going through this process of figuring out what your purpose is and, and figuring out life after the military, what inspired you to write the book? Was it around this whole Waymaker idea that challenges the way type of mentality? Yeah. And you're like, I got to share this with other people or was it something else? It, it came, uh, that idea actually formed in the, the later portion of writing the book, right? Mm-hmm. That clarity came later on. So it wasn't there originally. And um, it started about the time I started the adventure. Like when I had that moment of awareness with my kiddo, I began writing. And what I found was that writing a book was one of the most hellacious, painful things I could do for myself because of the manner of writing. It was very much so who it was very much so exploring like who and what am I? Right. Yes. And when I first started writing it six years ago, I realized how much of a fraud I felt to be because of how fragmented Mm. I was. Sure. The same book I started then is what's finished now. But the difference is, I think the only thing that remains from the beginning is a sentence (laughs) from, from starting. And um, 
over the over the years, I would work on it for a few months, take a few months off, work on it for a few months, take a few months off, and each time burn most of it to the ground and then go from there. And uh, I finally was, I was finally to the point where I was like, you know what, it's time. I'm ready to write an authentic representation of self that's focused on an idea and serving others, as opposed to trying to feed my ego. Mm. And with that freedom, I was able to commit, sit down, write it, finish it, and bring it to through publication. Um, and it was most it was done in service of the the reason I felt such a pressure to do it at the end um, is because I realized I was beginning to walk through quite a few seasons of transition with my friends. Mm. And I was also in this like, hanging in empty space phase before I could continue building the business because we were waiting on third parties uh, to help us. Well, we were reliant on third parties to finish some of the manufacturing on our product. So I was like, all right, well, I have about three months. My partner is leaving the military actively. He's coming from Europe. He is going through immigration process with his wife. You know, everything's up in the air right now. So what a great time I could sit down, focus and, and knock this out. And, um, in writing it, I wrote myself, and in writing it, I also was able to create an operating framework that serves as an invitation, a mirror, and a uh, tool for those who are so inclined to take a look at their own lives and determine if they're living as intentionally and purposefully as they'd like, and if they're pursuing and ask the question, "Am I pursuing significance or things that pass the time?" Mm -hmm. and go from there. Well, I just want our audience to really understand something that you said that you didn't say, but you said <laughs> is that you started writing the book many years before you, you actually had the book. And mm -hmm. I think that's for any author. That's how it goes. Uh, I myself had written chapters for years and I would um, have a conversation with someone and I would tell them a story and I'm like, oh, I got to go home and write that down. And I would go home and I write it down and, and mm -hmm. I'd be like, oh, yep, that's, that's, that's a great chapter. And then I have this file full of all these chapters. And then one day I just felt like God said to me, this is not your first, first book. Put it down. And I was like, oh, okay. And then right after that, my mom was diagnosed uh, with terminal cancer. And so I had to shift gears from from mm -hmm. that to focusing on taking care of her and still having my business and all the other things. And so mm -hmm. it wasn't until after she passed away that then one day I was working on my, it's probably a year after I was working on my website for uh, my coaching and um, my coach who was helping me with that said, you know, Shay, I need you to go write your um, bio, write, write what you want your, your pot, your website to say. And I was like, well, I thought that's what I hired you for, but okay, whatever. And so I go and I take my laptop because whatever, one reason, one day said, I just felt this urge, like go today, go today to a coffee shop and go write. And I went and Wi-Fi didn't work. So I couldn't bring up the Google doc. And I just opened a Word document and was like, okay, God, what do you want me to write? And out it poured. And six hours later, I sat back and I went, holy cow, I think I just wrote a book. <laughs> it was like, wait, I think I just wrote my first book. What? Wow. And it, and then, you know, as soon as you take that leap of faith mm -hmm. and start writing, then the next door opens. 
And it sounds like yours did the same thing. Like you were just kind of practicing, right? Mm -hmm. Writing all those other times for years before. And I think that's what good authors really do is hone in their craft by practicing the writing. Whether it's good or not, it doesn't matter. It's just about practicing writing. Because mm -hmm. how many oftentimes people are like, oh, I'm think I, I could write a book. It's like, yeah, that's great. Do what are you writing now? Are you journaling now? Are you doing anything like that? And they're like, oh no. I'm like, mm, okay. Well, we got a lot of work to do. <laughs> yeah. We got yeah, a lot there's of work to do. Immense power and discipline consistency. Mm -hmm. And there, being an entrepreneur, you you I'm sure that you're familiar with the concept of uh, overnight successes, right? Yeah. Oh, I'm an yeah, overnight success sure. after 7,000 nights of labor. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> after 25 yeah. years. Yes. I'm finally, yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I made it to yes. just from yesterday to today. And, yeah. um, yeah, yeah I, I fully agree that the same is true in writing and podcasting and product creation, like what, whatever the pursuit is, like even in a sport, right? You, mm. oh, I could be a great fighter. Well, you're not going to show up as a great fighter. That's just not going to happen. Right. Um, right. The first time you do Brazilian jiu jitsu, jiu -jitsu yeah. <laughs> it's, it's going to be perfect the first time, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. No, you, you realize you're like a drunk, a drunk baby giraffe <laughs> flopping about and you have no idea what to do with your body. Right. Right. And that's even if you're athletic. So it's like, it, it is cool to be a student to something. Mm -hmm right to a process. And uh, I, I agree that all those practice runs allow for the progression of self to the place where something of value can be created. And there's something beautiful about that. So like the chicken and the egg, which came first, the podcast or the book, or did it happen all at the same time? So pointedly, I was intermittently working on the book before the podcast started. I had a friend that would come over and work out with me early in the morning, a couple of times a week, and we'd have engaging conversations. And it came up one morning. Well, what if, man, these conversations are awesome. What if we did a podcast so that I, we could share them, right? Because yeah. there's so many cool things in it. And so a week later, we sat down and recorded our first actual podcast. And about 18 episodes in, uh, priorities took them elsewhere. I played with the show for a bit, and then it became the Be Relentless show, which it is today. Uh, awesome. Yeah, so that's kind of the, the journey there. But it was the same with writing. You asked this critical question uh, when someone mentions, oh, I could write a book. And you're like, okay, well, where are you writing now? Mm -hmm. Right? The, the thought came, well, if I want to be able to articulate myself and enjoy conversations with people, how am I pursuing that now? And I live out in the country, so it's not as simple to just right. drive into town and try to find someone with a good book that I can interrupt at a cafe, right? <laughs> right, right. And COVID was happening and all these other things. Oh, so that was right. a little bit more difficult. So the podcast became uh, like in the same way that writing was a, a development and discipline and tool and reflection point. I was like, well, this would be a great opportunity to learn how to engage in intentional conversation. Mm -hmm. And so it began. So I it's getting that. hammered between both. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I love that because I, I feel like my purpose is really to make a positive impact on the world by helping people find, use, and share their voice, whether that be in coaching a book or a podcast. And there's just so much for sharing these lessons. I mean, one for one, the Bible is full of nothing but stories, right? Uh, everything's a parable. And I feel like that's what 
you know, tribal cultures and, and other cultures hand it generations, we hand down these stories to teach us these lessons. And I feel like that is such a huge art on what podcasting really gives you, you know, whether it's about your business or whether it's about uh, an inspirational thing with your buddy, you know, or after you get a workout, like, yes, we got to do this uh, Sisu stamina every day because this is what it brings us you know, that type of thing. It's really about being able to share your experience and, and have that little knowledge nugget so that when you, when you learn something, it's knowledge. And when you share it, it becomes wisdom. So Hmm. you're sharing wisdom with, with the world. Yeah. I love that. When you, when you learn something, it becomes knowledge. When you share it, it becomes wisdom. That's cool. The, um, I've been a subject matter expert or, or leader for quite a while now. So one of the things I'm very intentional on, which is I'm also responding to why I shied away a little bit from earlier when you said, well, you're the student, now you're the teacher. Uh, one, I've not arrived. So I'm very well, much so still the No student. one's arrived. No one. <laughs> Just FYI, if you're listening yeah. to this, you've never, no, no one has arrived. It's a lie. And, <laughs> and if you think you have, well, enjoy. Um, right. Enjoy the delusion. But right. yeah, so so with that though, it's like, okay, I've been exploring this concept lately of savoring the tension between two two ideas and mm-hmm. operating in that tension. So on the one hand, I'm very uh, I've determined I will speak with authority. Like I, I refuse to not. So that's like one uh, side of the spectrum, right? Uh, and on the other side, because like feigned humility and things like that is just unattra- it's it's unhelpful, right? It becomes just obnoxious. But on the other side. I didn't want to have like the podium effect, right? Here, come and listen to me espouse my wisdom because that seems equally obnoxious, if not more. Uh, and then because I'm holding myself to striving to improve as heavily as I am, I realize I'm going through the the same steps, the same motions, the same journey every day. So what if instead I invited people to journey alongside me and me them and what could we exchange during our time together whether it be this conversation here or what have you that could create lasting impact in each other's lives right as we part ways Mm -hmm. and that really you know has evolved into tools that can provide that while i'm sleeping uh, or if i don't have the opportunity to meet someone and how do you just keep pouring yourself out in that fashion and that's where i'm very comfortable sitting very comfortable from the position of curating and cultivating all of this. I mean, the buck will stop with me for my organization, right? If something mm-hmm. goes wrong or if something needs to be held accountable, I'll, I'll be that guy. But at the same time, I'd much rather keep the focus on asking questions to better unearth what your needs are than be the answer giver. Uh, yes. yes. If that makes sense. Yes. Well, when you give someone an answer, all you're doing is enabling them. When you give help give them tools to find the answer, you're mm-hmm. empowering them. Yes. And that kind of goes into your knowledge versus wisdom thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if we can be a mirror in a looking glass that can help to direct the visual, like where the person's looking till they find what they're looking for within themselves and of their own strength, then how much more impactful will that be for them? And how much more cool could the relationship become with that freedom? Because the other thing too is you choose to respect and invest in the other person's freedom and sovereignty when you refuse to give them the answer. Mm-hmm. And instead, 
be patient enough to listen and ask questions. And it is not easy and it can be painful, mm-hmm. <laughs> but there's- On both sides, on, by the on way. Both sides. Both sides yeah. Sides. <laughs> yeah, on both sides. And, and like, yeah. to be fair, there's sometimes where it's like, well, what's your dang opinion on it? And it's like, well, here's my opinion. Right. Fair enough, right? Yeah. But that's a different question than what should I do? Well, what do you want to do, man? Like, not start there. Exactly. Like, what are you thinking? And just the digging begins. But I I agree. And you know, not just what you want to do. What is it that you don't want to do? So then we can do a process of elimination too. And there's that question that always shows up. Yeah, one of those two will get the convo started, right? If I don't know what I want to do, okay. Well, what do you really not want to do? And then all of a sudden, mm-hmm. the bucket gets way smaller. So mm-hmm. exactly. Well, obviously, John, we could talk for hours and hours and hours, but uh, I just do have a few more questions left. Please. You know, with all the things that you're doing with the the podcast and the uh, Brazilian, Brazilian, the Brazilian, <laughs> yes. the Brazilian Zizu. How about that? We'll do it that way. Um, and the Sisu Stamina and the podcast and the books and all the things that you do. What do you want to be remembered for? What would be your legacy? Legacy would be that I showed up in the present and gave all of myself for those I loved. Mm. Awesome. Well, I can tell you just from the way back of weeks that we've known each other, you yeah, are doing all the that. hours, <laughs> all the hours you yeah. are showing up as present. So you're already doing that. Well, beautiful. Thank you so much for the opportunity to jump on and enjoy a conversation together. It's been an absolute blast. Yeah, thank you. Tell people how they can get a, a hold of you, how they can connect, buy your book, listen to your podcast, all the things. Yeah. Oh man, this is going to feel good. So for the first time, I can say this. Yay! Everything can be found at ulauniverse.com. Uh, we have a contact us form where you can specifically reach out to me, which is great. You can also reach out on social media and stuff. The book is available through that site. You can learn about CSU Stamina, Performance Evolved, um, the energy supplement we've been talking about through there, and the blog, the podcast, everything is there. So that is the place to go, yolauniverse.com. Awesome. And we'll have that in the show notes as well. And um, thank you so much for being here. And before you go, I always like to leave with this question of what phrase, scripture, or mantra are you living by right now? Right now would be a steady hand for a sudden blessing Mm. and forge forward. Oh, I love that. I love that. Well, thank you for being here. This has been inspirational as I knew it would be. Well, thank you so much. Have a great day. And thank you for listening to the Power of Investing in People podcast. If you took notes, because why would you not? John's brilliant. And he had so much goodness to say that if you did feel free to leave us a review over at Apple Podcasts, or feel free to go to my website, my podcast website at shaysparkspodcast.com. And let me know what your takeaway was. Let me know. You can also leave a voicemail if you want, and I will play that on the air on an upcoming episode. And just so you know, if this is interesting to you, like, you know, like, Shay, I really want to go on that journey of being an author as well. Well, just so you know, we have a co-author book called Firestarters Book Project, and um, we are looking for other co-authors, creative thought leaders who get overwhelmed by the thought of writing an entire book. So we have them, you just write a chapter. And if this is an interest to you, feel free to go to firestartersbookproject.com and connect with us there. 
And until next time, let's get fired up. Thank you.